Welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja Podcast. It's Allison Graham here, and today's episode of Facha Fridays is all about resilience and the raptors. Now, if you are in Canada, then you, I hope, are on the Jurassic Park bandwagon, or perhaps you are a diehard basketball fan and follow the Raptors all year long. Uh, I'm I'm a, hey, this is awesome, they're in the playoffs kind of girl. <laughs> and so I love watching what's happening. And what I thought we could do is look at the resilience lessons from on the court for those of us who are off the court. Now, of course, we go to work and we do not have millions of fans who are critiquing our every move, which is uh, great, thank goodness, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think there are a lot of lessons we can learn from the people who are there. So uh, the first one, and by the way, I, I am recording this the day of or the morning of game six. So you're going to hear this after we know the result. The lessons still stand. They're going to be timeless. They don't matter if we win or if we lose or, uh, you know, when you're actually hearing this. So it will still be relevant. And I hope we win. And if we don't, then on to game seven, and we'll win then and that'll be a ton of fun. So let's look at the different lessons that we can learn. And they probably aren't what you expect. Because one of the things I notice as I've started to share with audiences on the topic of resilience is that most of the time, the people who are the big speakers and brought in for conferences are resilience experts because they're athletes. Perhaps they have been on a team like the Raptors or the Maple Leafs, and or maybe they had a big hockey injury, and now they're out talking about their story, or it's the Olympic athletes who are, you know, maybe came uh, from difficult circumstances and then worked and then had an injury and then, you know, came back to win the podium uh, or, you know, their big medal and stand on the podium with pride. Often, we're not talking about resilience like I talk about resilience, which is the everyday resilience, the day in, the day out, the level of stress that we face and how we can easily process those obstacles so that we don't let one obstacle compound into the annoyance of the next one and into the frustration of the next one. And then all of a sudden you get home and it's like, hi, honey, how was your day? And you're like, it was awful. Well, it was only awful because you didn't have the skills to process the crappy times because obstacles do not need to become a bad day. They do not need to become stressful. And we add or we manufacture unnecessary unhealthy stress because we add misplaced emotion and negative story to obstacles. And we know the obstacles are going to happen. And so in a little bit, we're going to talk about one of the big lessons is not emotionally reacting to what goes wrong. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about the first one, uh, the first lesson that I've written here, and I'm going to share with you on the Resiliency Ninja podcast, is that plans pivot. And even so, you still have a job to do, even if you don't like it. Now, the Raptors, if you've been following it all, there's a, a star player and there's a lot of chat about him, about his stoic 
nature and how he doesn't react emotionally. And and one of the, the first stories we had about him in relation to the Raptors is that um, Kawhi, I think is his name, uh, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. And he apparently, when he got drafted by the Raptors, did not want to come to Toronto. In actual fact, he wanted to play in his hometown, which is uh, LA. And so he was really disappointed that he got traded to the Raptors. Now, the thing is, even though he was overtly not interested in being in Toronto, this guy is all in. He has a job to do and he is delivering. Now, whatever his alliances are or where he wished he had played or the team that he was really rooting to be a part of, his performance indicates that he's dancing with the one who brought him, <laughs> right? He's, he's showing up for the Raptors and he's a part of this team no matter what the circumstances. So the lesson for this, let's think about this. How many times have you or someone who you know been passed over for a promotion or transferred to another department or had to take a job or take a client who you wish you didn't have to take, but you had to because you needed the money or because you like you just wanted to stay in the company? Whatever the case may be, there are times in our lives when we are traded somewhere we don't want to be. And mastering everyday resilience means that you can't pine over the lost opportunity. Now, it's natural to want to wish for or work towards something else. And I believe that's really healthy. So if you're in a situation where you don't want to be and working for a company that you don't want to work for or with clients who you don't really aren't ideal, that's okay. You can work towards getting something else as long as it doesn't negatively impact your performance on the job that you do currently have. And so that's the first lesson I think from these this team uh, is plans pivot. Even so, you still have a job to do even if you don't like it. Second, and I mentioned this already, so let me unpack it a little bit more. You don't have to emotionally react to bad calls. Now, since the dawn of time, when we had sport and referees, umpires, there are bad calls. It happens in hockey, it happens in soccer or football, and that's just how sports go. Now, yes, bad calls absolutely suck. And what I think sucks even more is when a player emotionally reacts in a dramatic way to the bad call. Because first of all, it's not going to change the call generally. I mean, unless it's a referee who is willing to admit his mistakes or her, which means that it is, it's bad. It's just not necessary. It's adding bad on top of a bad call. It accomplishes nothing. It might upset the ref more and then he might work in the other favor. I mean, you hope that's not the case, but there's the possibility of getting benched. And in this playoff series, there's the the stoicism of um, Kawhi Leonard 
And then there's the other guy, Cousins, who is the complete opposite response. So technical fouls and he freaks out. And I think it's that guy anyway. Again, not a sports person here, folks. Just uh, a fan of the, the playoffs. All right. <laughs> so, But this is about you at work. Because sometimes we get the the bad deal, right? Sometimes there are negative results that are outside of our control. Complaining about a reality that you have no control over is wasting your emotional capacity. It creates unnecessary stress that is manufactured when we place misplaced emotion and negative story to obstacles. And that energy is better focused on getting creative about your obstacles and how you're going to solve the reality that you're facing. How do you step up and do better next time so you don't get that foul? Uh, that foul? You know, for me, it's, uh, you know, I can get frustrated when somebody who's another speaker gets hired and I don't get hired. I'm like, no, 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 I would have been great for your conference. And actually, this happened recently that uh, they didn't have the budget to bring me in and they chose another speaker. And then I heard from one of the leaders <laughs> that it was really not a great uh, speech. It didn't have the, the content that I would have brought to the table. Now, if I would have spent all my time focusing on that lost deal and not looking towards, okay, how can I better position next time so budget's not an issue? How can I look to you know stay connected and be positive and continue the relationship for the next conference. So I am chosen. That I think is a part of the resiliency puzzle. Not complaining and reacting negatively when something goes wrong. Because when you do, that becomes a stressful day or a difficult day. Or it could even stop you and, and play havoc with your self-confidence. The next lesson is... It relates to this, but it's very, it's different enough that I think I needed to separate the two ideas. So don't uh, react emotionally to something out of your control. But then the next piece is don't take a missed basket into your next shot. My favorite part of a basketball game is when the player is at the free throw line. And it's not the first shot that piques my interest and I go, oh, okay, I'm really nervous about this one. The first shot is like, yeah, okay, whatever. The second shot is what fascinates me because whether the player missed the first shot or made the basket and was successful, what I'm looking for is how can they emotionally disconnect from the result of the last basket? Because that's a sign of true everyday resiliency. That is your ability to do one thing and move on to go to the next one with, uh, from a place of being like an equal set point. And at work, this might be, uh, for example, you have a really bad call with a, you're in customer service and somebody calls and they're upset and it's difficult you know, maybe they're taking their bad day out on you, which I see happen quite a bit. One way to be master everyday resilience is to figure out how do you reset to a state of optimal performance after a fumble? What works for you? 
Now, thankfully, we have the luxury of taking a little bit longer to process a failure than someone who is on the court and with the pressure of millions of fans watching their free throw. Now, the the challenge with this is that, and, and why this is so important that we don't take the missed basket into the next shot is because I think extra stressful days happen when one obstacle goes into the next and then it compounds the annoyance with the next thing that goes wrong. So it's like a a story at the end of the day with it was an awful day. It was so stressful. Oh, why? What happened? Well, it all started. I was in a traffic jam. And then I got to the computer and, you know, at the office and the, the computer didn't work. It froze and I had to have IT come in. And then, you know, so-and-so slacked off or didn't do the work they were supposed to do. And then the boss called me into the office and, you know, uh, blamed me for what went wrong. And then I spilled coffee on my top. Like, it's like all of those things are little mini obstacles that need to be dealt with. And if we don't add the extra emotion to them, they're just things that need to be dealt with. Compounded they make for an annoying day, but on their own, they're just a thing that happens. And this is part of the emotional awareness and the self-awareness is understanding, am I running annoyance into other issues that don't require the extra annoyance for the thing that happened? None of these obstacles actually have anything to do with the next we compound them and then add that frustration from the first one because we don't deal with that. And then it's the next issue is magnified because we're bringing the uh, negative energy and annoyance and frustration from the last obstacle. And then we borrow extra annoyance for the next one and the next one and the next one. And then it compounds. And like I said, that becomes a really bad day. And so it really is up to us to a part of the resiliency ninja formula that I uh, write about in my book. And by the way, if you don't have my book yet called Married My Mom, Birth a Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, I need you to go to Amazon and order that either hard copy or on your Kindle or, you know, anywhere you like to find books, order them and order it right away because That book is changing lives. And I feel so proud to have been the person to put it together. uh, And that I like I went through a decade of hell so I could figure this shit out. So I am going to encourage you to honor that. If you find any of these podcasts valuable, get out there, order your copy of the book and read it and then let me know how it's touched your life. Because I talk about How do you emotionally detach from the things that you don't have control over? And when is it right to put the proper amount of emotional uh, capacity onto something that truly is an adversity or truly has gone wrong and deserves the uh, sadness or the frustration as opposed to giving it to things that are just crap that goes wrong in our day-to-day lives and we don't need that. So uh, yes, definitely go get that book ASAP. And if you know somebody who's going through a difficult time, please be sure to get a copy for them as well while you're at it. And, uh, you know, of course, I also come into companies and speak. So if you have a lot of coworkers who are really stressed out or complaining a lot, that's when you want to say, hey, Allison, 
we've got a conference or we have a team training day or we need to do even a, you know, in-office lunch and learn power learning session uh, and, and bring me in for that because that that's what this is all about is shifting that. Backstories do not determine your outcome. Now on the internet, there are tons of stories about the difficult lives that some of these players have had. And actually, the idea that came to me to write this article about how does it work in our lives, like what, what kind of lessons of resilience can we get, came when someone uh, who is a contact of mine on LinkedIn sent me a note and she said, you know, it would be fascinating for you to do some research and reflection on the Toronto Raptors. And here are the stories. Like, and here's the thing. I can't, I know one of them is absolutely true because he's very public about it. The other ones we both said, like, I don't know what's true. And I actually believe that, you know, personal lives of the of celebrities are actually personal. So I don't want to uh, get into this, but there were many that had parents who had been murdered, had been prisoners, had, uh, you know, lost their apparent early, were in poverty, dad disappeared, uh, sent to jail, like all of these really, really difficult, dramatic hardships that if, you know, there are some people who, if they went through that, would use it as an excuse to stay a victim. And the truth is your backstory does not determine how you show up today. It will influence your attitude. It will make you wiser. It will make you stronger. It may make you, uh, you know, a lot of other things too. It might make you angry. It might make you bitter. It might make you think uh, the world is out to get you. You get to choose what that backstory creates for you and how you show up for your day-to-day life based on what you've gone through. For me, I had the beauty of two loving, very, very supportive parents. Wasn't perfect, trust me, but we uh, are a very close family. You know, I lost my dad when I was 30, uh, which is, you know, was really difficult because I didn't have the tools to grieve, but there was no dramatic story there. My difficult circumstances came in the form of a surgery that, you know, did not go the way it was planned. It uh, caused some damage and specifically damage to my two main pelvic nerves. That has been something that I continually deal with and I believe I deal with it very well. I know my limitations and know how to, uh, you know, talk to my pain and bring it down. But that chronic pain and then I've, you know, if you've read my book or you've heard my story, you know, I went through a whole bunch of injuries. I had eight major injuries over uh, in a small period of time, uh, breaks, etc. And, you know, several people in my life passed away in a very short period of time. It was just like I felt like I was in a punching bank. And then I uh, got depressed and, you know, really isolated in many ways and, and felt like I was living this on alley life and then this back alley life that uh, was, you know, just caused a lot of internal riff and all of that. But I'll tell you, it's because of that, that I do the work I do now. Because I saw the moments in my journey, 
even with pain medication, where I believe I could have easily got it, got addicted and chose to not take that extra pill. And I've seen people very innocently, very incredibly strong people who went down another path. And the reason I do this resiliency ninja work is because I want to show people there is another path. There is another way to use your crappy backstory and do it, use it to drive you in a better way. There are many victims of circumstances out there who choose to hang their identity on bad circumstances from their path rather than choosing a new path for their own life. We can use the Raptors example for inspiration on mastering resilience and using it to drive you. And the last thing that I think I want to share with you is in relation to your mental discipline and the emotional discipline and physical discipline, because that back work is what makes the difference when you're under pressure. Preparing for a speech, knowing exactly how you want to serve the audience, doing all of that work up front, that that's what makes the difference when you show up in front of the audience and your mind wants to go blank because you're nervous and your you know your throat is constricting and you you know you're you're shaking on in the inside or sweating and you know your tummy is doing the rumbling like I still get that sometimes right where I and I know it's excitement it's not necessarily nerves for me anymore but because I know my material so well and because I believe in it so much and I want to serve the audience so much I know that I'm ready for that audience to show up as my best. And I think the Raptors are doing that incredibly well. It's like, it's not, they're not there because, you know, they showed up and just started playing. It's the thousands of hours and years and years of shooting hoops and running drills and doing the sprints and all of the things that these players have done that has made them household names and why our country, we the North, are standing behind this incredible basketball team who, again, remember, I'm doing this before game six. So it's a risk. We don't know. Are they going to win? Are they not? I hope they do. Uh, We will see how it goes when, uh, you know, but these lessons are timeless and they match any, any professional athletic team, actually, I would say. But I I think the real key is, yes, it's the behind the scenes away from the, the applause that really makes the difference and the physical conditioning and all of that, the belief in yourself and the, the adrenaline comes and I think when that adrenaline rush happens, it's you can kind of go one way or the other. You can fall back to your training and just like be in the moment and go with the flow and step up the way you should. Or you can let your internal messenger of bullshit get out of hand and talk you out of your success. It's the inner voice that will tell you stories. It will plant seeds of self-doubt. It will add worry to obstacles that are out of your control and will kill your game. And it's up to us to have the mental discipline to reel in that little voice in our head. And as you know, I call the internal messenger of bullshit 
reel it in and stay 100% focused on the task at hand. When you do that, you will win. Now, as the team is prepping for tonight's big game, I am going to Toronto. I'm going to be working with a team. I'm doing a keynote address this afternoon on how to master your resiliency ninja muscles, which I'm really excited about. And then tonight I will, I'll be in a hotel, but I will go down to the lobby, I'm sure, and watch the big game with some friends, or friends, new people who I don't even know yet. Uh, I will uh, watch the game and I hope I'll be cheering for them. Oh, I know I will be. Win or lose, that's the thing with the resilience. They'll be back next season. Uh, they will rock it and good for them. So I uh, hope you love this. Please share it with those who need it. Don't forget to get my book, Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks. It is full of information. Do not let the title fool you uh, or scare you away. And also, if you are involved in running a conference, if you are a leader at an office and a company who needs more resilient employees so that they are less stressed and that they can navigate change better, then by all means, check me out at r-ninja.com for resiliencyninja.com. And I cannot wait uh, to get to share with your audience as well. Have the best day and I will see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.